Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 264 of the Time Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, June 14, 2012, Flag Day here in the United States. On uh, today's show, there's no guests, it's just me kind of rambling on, but uh, we'll be talking about an article that has gotten a lot of buzz in the family medicine community in the past week. It is from the Huffington Post. It is called Time for Total Medicine, Get Family Medicine Out of the Shadows. And it's a pretty well-written article. Uh, But during this show, I'm going to let all of you know why I think that this article is the worst thing that can happen to family medicine and to the family medicine revolution. Really? Really? Uh, All that and a lot more uh, coming up on uh, episode 264 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, this is Dr. Glenn Stream. Um, This year, one of my commitments and and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and and our frontline membership. Uh, On on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold uh, at AFP. Prez, P-R-E-Z, I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000, um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has nearly 7,000 uh, members.
show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for a Thursday here on Flag Day here in the United States. It is Thursday, June 14, 2012. I am your host. My name is Mike Savella, the anchorman for Family Medicine. And uh, this show here, kids, this is a show by a family physician for the growing family medicine community of which you are now a part of just by listening to this show. So welcome. I encourage you to check out my digital library of stuff at familymedicinerocks.com. And uh, shout out to all my uh, people and all my friends out there. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, all 9,550 five people now following me on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. And uh, also a big shout out to all 412 people who are liking or who like the uh, Facebook page. Uh, Thank you so much for that. Um, It is 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And uh, here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, it is uh, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. And how's everybody uh, doing out there uh, this evening? And, yes, I do have the chat room open uh, from uh, from a request from uh, a good friend, Kevin Bernstein, who's out there, uh, ready to make fun of me and throw stuff uh, like tomatoes and stuff at me. But, you know, hey, I do that because you know why? Because I'm a giver. I, I try to respond to my listeners out there. So, uh, so thank you so much for all those listening live and also people listening on the archives because I know you're out there. So thank you so much for that. Hey, before we get started here uh, this evening, I do want to give a big shout out to, uh, to someone out there. I want to give a big shout out to, uh, to my good friend, uh, Dr. Pat Jonas uh, from the Dayton area, the Dayton, Ohio area. And uh, he's uh, one of my family medicine mentors. And I learned from his, uh, Facebook page this week that he was admitted to the hospital this week and didn't look like anything uh, too uh, severe, but uh, our thoughts are with you there, my friend. And uh, he, uh, I think it was actually on Tuesday night when he was actually supposed to have his show. He has a show here on the uh, Block Talk Radio Network uh, called the uh, Dr. Synonymous show here on Block Talk Radio, Tuesday nights, I believe, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and I encourage you to go to his blog. Go to his blog there, drsynonymous.blogspot.com, and uh, say hi, hello, and uh, um, you know, send your thoughts and prayers out to him. And uh, I knew, uh, I know, as soon as he's able to, <laughs> he will be probably writing some blog posts about his experience. He'll probably be talking about it on his radio show there. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Jonas, hope you are all, uh, hope you're doing well uh, these days and getting better uh, and recovering there in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I also want to thank everybody for uh, uh, everyone who has who supported the last three shows here uh, with uh, Dr. Laura Knoble, Dr. Conrad Fleck, and Dr. Reed Blackwelder, uh, three uh, third-year AAFP board members, and uh, I'll be reflecting on that experience uh, towards the end of this show here uh, this evening and uh, this afternoon. Uh, those three shows, I mean, they uh, they were on the first page um, of the uh, category, which is the health category of which this show is in. So thank you so much for your interest in it and uh, for uh, uh, for listening to the show. So thank you so much for that. Um, so this evening it's just me. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, this article here from the Huffington Post and maybe another couple articles. And uh, to close the show this evening, I'll be uh, talking about and reflecting upon uh, the, uh, the past three shows with the uh, AAFP uh, board members. But first... 
I do want to thank uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, for uh, having me be a featured host here on the network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since uh, 2005, and yes, if you're curious, I am a real doctor. That's right. How do I fit it all in? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I am in full-time private practice here in beautiful northeastern Ohio, and I uh, also want to give a big shout-out to uh, the uh, the Salem, Ohio Kiwanis Club, uh, who uh, I gave a talk at noontime today, talked about social media and medicine. Uh, so I know some of the uh, local people here listen to the show as well, so uh, thank you so much for that. And uh, I will uh, be taking my break here. Uh, you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a member of the Proba Network of Podcasts. You can get there by going to uh, promednetwork.com. And uh, let me find a song here just from our good friends uh, at uh, Revolve, revolveband.com. And uh, that's Ray Sapatelli and the boys. And actually, the, uh, the New Jersey Academy is uh, having their meeting uh, this weekend. So shout out to you. And also, I think uh, the Oklahoma um, Academy is also having their meeting. So shout out to you, too. Uh, I'll be discussing this, this article from the Huffington Post from last week right after this break. And uh, we'll be right back.
we're back. And in the words of Dr. G. Gail Stevens, family medicine legend, this is the only show that gives a damn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, welcome back to the show. This is Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Savilla. And um, so let's uh, let's start into this. So, uh, so uh, this article here that I'm going to be talking about and reading a little bit about and giving commentary about. Uh, so for those of you uh, 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 at home <laughs> uh, playing the home game, <laughs> uh, the title of this is uh, Time for Total Medicine. Get Family Medicine Out of the Shadows. This is from June 8, 2012 um, uh, on the Huffington Post website. This is by uh, Dr. Ranit Mishori, uh, physician, writer, associate professor, uh, Georgetown University. I also want to give credit to um, Larry Bauer, uh, who's from the Family Medicine Education Consortium, who contributed to this article. So I'm going to read part of this, uh, maybe maybe even most of it or all of it, uh, and then you know give my commentary in, in between. So this, so this article uh, starts like this. It happened again the other night at dinner with friends and a few people I didn't know. I was asked the routine Washington D.C. question, quote, "What do you do?" unquote. Even as I answered, I knew what would come next. I'm a family physician. Oh, you're an internist. No, not really. I'm a family doc. I also see children. So you're a pediatrician, someone says. No, I'm a family physician. I deliver babies. And the other person says, oh, you're an OBGYN. And the article continues, clearly family medicine, especially I chose when I earned my MD, has a public relations problem. For too long, we family medicine doctors have explained what we are by explaining what we are not. And it's true. We're not pediatricians, orthopedists, internists, cardiologists, gastroenterologists, ophthalmologists, OBGYNs, endocrinologists, dermatologists, rheumatologists, neurologists, psychiatrists, or surgeons. Yet every day, we do treat children, mend bones, manage chronic diseases, deal with hypertension, diagnose intestinal conditions, carry out eye exams, deliver babies, help control diabetes, take skin biopsies, inject aching joints, evaluate stroke victims, monitor depression, and in some cases perform minor surgeries. And yes, this range of skills, while broad, does constitute a genuine and focused medical specialty, the specialty of knowing your patient inside and out over the years. We are meant to be experts as much in the person who comes to see us as we are in the medical procedures we employ to build a shared trust with our patients, to be partners with them toward the lifelong goal of staying healthy enough, by the way, to avoid too often the need for those specialists whose practices often depend on people being very sick in the first place. There is an odd logic that diminishes the status of family doctors. It is also faulty logic. People think that the more the physician knows about a specific medical problem or body part, and the higher that physician's salary, the better care they will receive. 
Leaving aside whether that's actually true, it sets up a phony reverse corollary. The belief that the doctor whose knowledge is more generalized, whose pay scale is lower, is therefore providing inferior care. This is just wrong. As generalists, we believe the ability to see the patient's big picture, knowing enough about most problems and understanding the preferences, past medical history, and resources of the person seeking care is far more important in most situations than narrow expertise. In fact, give me a magic wand, and I would change the name of family medicine to something that's better, captures what we do, total medicine. Or is that too bold? Or it would get the attention of the current healthcare marketplace where, let's face it, we total docs, okay, okay, it's still family docs, don't... uh, (laughs) swing nearly the weight we should, given our numbers, 100,000 nationally. That's the first part of the article. And, you know, we've talked about it on this show before. We've talked about it in the past that, you know, I, of course, I'm not the only one that's saying this or has said it before. But, yes, I agree. Family medicine has a public relations problem. Who are we? What are we and what do we do? And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me in my own community here in northeastern Ohio. I have that conversation pretty often when I'm in social settings and social circles. And they said, what do you do? Well, I'm a family doc. Well, is that a GP? Is that a gatekeeper? Is that somebody that just refers people to other people so you can get the real care that you need? I didn't know that you see nursing home patients here in town. I didn't know that you see newborns. In fact, you know, I just had a newborn you know, at, earlier this month. And they said, oh, we didn't know that you saw newborns, but I see the other kids. So, I mean, it's not the fault of the patient. You know, it's a little bit of my fault too. Uh, but it's just family medicine has this identity problem. And it's just, you know, how do you get over that? How do you try to explain what we do? It's a very frustrating thing. And until we can get to do that, you know, we're going to have this constant uh, challenge to educate not only our community and our patients, but people like legislators, people in the state house, people in the Congress of the United States say, this is what we do. And, you know, we can do that, you know, higher quality, cheaper better satisfaction from a patient standpoint, better satisfaction from a physician and provider standpoint. We can do all of that, and we should be doing all of that. I'm going to continue on with the with some of the uh, with the next part of the article here, and it says there are some indicators here out there. There is some data out there uh, to help prove this point. And we're continuing, only two cents out of every ten dollars. Only two cents out of every $10 of research money from the National Institutes of Health goes to research carried out by family medicine specialists. So there's no, not the research dollars there. Medical students who consider family medicine as a career are being discouraged away from the field by advisors who say, family medicine? But why? You are such a smart and intelligent student. And you talk to all the family medicine leaders out there uh, and, and Every one of us has went through that. We talk, we talk to medical students now you know, to say, hey, you know, uh, don't let those people get to you. 
You know, this is what a family physician, this is what a family medicine physician does. And, you know, don't have to box yourself in <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's, it's, oh, it just gets me so upset sometimes. <laughs> um, so continue with the article. Does this matter to anyone but those of us in the field? We believe it does because in a time of crisis, both for quality of medical care and its cost, the medicine we practice is a significant part of the answer. Research shows that when patients access family medicine, the result is high scores on patient experience and lower costs overall. In fact, countries with a higher proportion of generalists experience better health outcomes at a lower price. And this article, you know, continues to go on and, and to give more facts and, and talks about uh, payment, talks about reimbursement. And the last part of the article goes like this. But look how doctors get paid and how it works against us. Heart surgeons get paid per operation, dermatologists per mole removed, radiologists per x-ray analyzed. That's called payment by procedure. We family doctors, however, are in the business of helping patients avoid procedures. Paradoxically, we lag in compensation because we're at what we do. This needs to change. Some of the needed change requires those of us in the field to step up. Maybe we've bought into our own misconstrued image as the crunchy granola dogs that don't like to rock the boat. Enough. Total docs, let's rock. Let's demand a place at the table of decision makers. It's fine to be the sensitive MDs. We believe in that value, but it's but we need to wise up when it comes to getting our message out. And uh, I want to thank Dr. Renee Mishori from Georgetown for writing that, and also uh, thanks to Larry Bauer for his um, input on this article as well. And th th this is, you know, another call to arms, another, another trying to, you know, get, you know, family medicine, the family medicine community all fired up. You know, to say, hey, we need to be advocates for ourselves. If we are not advocates for ourselves, then who will be? Who will be? I mean, no one else is going to do it for us. Um, and we definitely need more articles like this, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I tease the show, as my good friend Kevin Bernstein has called me out and said, what, what's your problem with the article? You know what? What you know? What's what's your deal? What's what's the problem? And and, and I said leading up to the show, and you know, on my Twitter feed and, and Facebook, that this is the worst article. This is the worst article that Family Medicine could see. Why is that? Well, this is why. Because when I saw this first come out, and I saw I saw it flare up on Twitter, all these retweets and things, and, and I see people you know quoting it and talking about it on Facebook. What is happening is that they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're just repeating what was already said. They're just kind of saying, oh, yes, I, I agree with that. I'm glad, I'm glad that somebody else is talking about this. That's what I fear that's happening. That's why I fear that this article may, you know, work against what we're trying to do. We need, we need to do more than to just agree with what's already been written. 
you know, all of us out there, especially in the family medicine community, especially in the family medicine revolution community, we need to be writing stuff about this as well. We need to have our own, you know, separate voice, you know, whether it's a separate blog post or a YouTube video or, you know, uh, something on Twitter or, you know, something separate, something more than just saying, I agree with this article. And I know I've seen that out there, but we need more of this, you know, and I think that is what part, I think that is what part of uh, Dr. Mishori is talking about in this article is that, you know, <laughs> we, we have to, you know, we have to rise up. We have to get together. We have to work together. We have to, you know, spread our message out there and not be the ones that saying, oh, you know, that other person out there is going to be doing it because I don't want to do it. You know, I don't feel comfortable doing it. It's not on my personality, you know, to, to be somebody that rocks the boat. That is how we got to this point in the first place is that we have just kind of let other people tell the story of family medicine. And it is the wrong story. And, you know, articles like this are great, but I think it is articles like this that get people really fired up um, and really excited, and then it, it, it diminishes. It, it, it weans off. It gets to a point where you're saying, oh, you know, when is somebody else going to be writing something else about it? It could be right now. It could be today. And it doesn't have to be something in the Huffington Post, although it's nice. It doesn't have to be something on Forbes.com, but it's nice. We have to, as a community, I think, you know, continue to talk about what's important to family medicine, continue to talk about our values, our core values, what we think is very important, you know, why we think we can um, uh, uh, change and transform this healthcare system. I was talking with with some uh, with some uh, physicians today at the hospital, and I was I was trying to gauge what they thought of of something like patient centered medical home. And they said, "Oh, you know, that's just that's just that's just the rebranding of, of, of primary care. That's just the rebranding of, of of family medicine or family practice or whatever they called it. It's rebranding. Well, well, what did they think it was before? They wouldn't answer me." <laughs> or they, they gave the, the very vague answer of, of you know, of, of what other people have said in the past. You know, so a concept, a concept like patient-centered medical home really gives, you know, people a picture. It paints a picture you know, that was not there before. That was very difficult to say, this is what family medicine is, and this is what family medicine does. And uh, it's, it would be great. I think it would be great to, you know, uh, you know, help put together, you know, some kind of, you know, crowdsource, you know, type of thing and saying, you know, this is what family medicine is. I mean, I know that there's stuff out there already, but there's nothing, nothing that's really, you know, you know captured, you know, the public's or, or the community's, you know, attention to it. I know a lot of things have been tried in the past. A lot of, you know, cute little slogans have been tried in the past. We have to keep trying that. You know, we, we can't give up and say, oh, you know, it is totally impossible to define what family medicine is. I, I don't accept that. 
You know, I think we should keep trying to do that. There's got to be some kind of secret sauce out there, you know, to, to, to get, you know, our communities, to get the public, to get legislators, to get funders, to get, you know, anybody who will listen to try to paint the picture of family medicine. I haven't really figured it out yet, you know, because it's very difficult. Because this article is right. We have defined ourselves by what we are not. And that is not a good way to do things. You have to rise up and say, this is what we do. You know? and, and I realize all the challenges out there because you know, each family physician, each family physician practice is very different and unique. So it's hard to make a lot of statements like, you know, all family physicians do this. But I think we're inching closer, you know, that, you know, because, you know, I've been around the academy for a long time. And, you know, things that we can get together on, things that, that we, can, we can, you know, come together around or, you know, these are some of the core concepts that all family physicians uh, believe in. Uh, you know, this, is, this is at our core. This is, you know, the, this is, you know, things that, that we can all come together and say, you know, we believe that, you know, family medicine is this. We believe that family medicine can do these type of things, whatever they are. And, you know, this article is great, you know, and, and you know, I, I am singing its praises, uh, but I'm concerned that other people are just going to say, hey, you know, you remember that article uh, from, uh, where was it at, the Huffington Post? I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I well, whatever they said, I agree with that. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it made me feel good. And uh, I, I think that we should be, you know, doing everything that that article uh, says. And I, I, I get concerned about that. I, and I hope – and I know, you know, the, the, the people that, that listen to this show, the people that listen to this podcast, you know, I, I know that you're the activists out there. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir out there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just trying to you know, not only reach our colleagues but also, you know, to reach – the public to reach uh, communities, to reach legislators, to try to say, hey, this is what we do, um, and uh, this is how we can benefit our healthcare system. We can do it at higher quality, do it cheaper, we can do it um, with better satisfaction for patients and for providers and physicians. So, so I hope I didn't tease you too much out there with this commentary. <laughs> uh, but thanks again to, uh, to Dr. Rashid Mamshuri um, for writing the article, Time for Total Medicine, Get Family Medicine um, Out of the Shadows. And I'm really, really hoping that more people write about this. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that, you know, that it is going to be seen you know, also you know, on more mainstream websites and things and to, to help amplify uh, what we're trying to say. So I'm going to take a break here, and um, then I'll be sharing some, uh, some thoughts. It's, I, I won't uh, go for the whole show here. I'm just going to want to share some thoughts of the last three shows with the AFP board members. So we'll be back here on the uh, Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is uh, Mike Savella, and uh, we will be right back um, after this. Uh, don't go anywhere. Penny Lane, there is a barber show photograph. Every hand he's had the pleasure to know. And all the people that come and go, stop and say hello. And on the 
here from um, the AFP uh, Leader Voices blog from yesterday, from uh, Wednesday, June 13. I forgot about this article. Uh, this is from uh, Dr. Glenn Stream, the AFP president, uh, and it talks a little bit about uh, primary care um, and uh, being better care overall. This is from uh, Wednesday, June 13. Uh, the title is, It's Simple, Primary Care Equals Better Care Overall. And it's, this starts, A Strong Primary Care Foundation it's critical to improving care for vulnerable populations and to achieving high performance in the United States healthcare system overall. Access to primary care is associated with improved quality of care. Sounds good, right? May even may be even familiar. Those sentences echo what the AFP has been telling Congress and the government for many years. Those statements are from the findings of a recent report by the Commonwealth Fund, a private foundation that supports independent research on Healthcare issues. According to the Commonwealth Fund uh, researchers who surveyed more than 4,000 adult patients, four characteristics were identified in the patient center medical home. Patients had a regular physician or place of care. Patients experienced no difficulty contacting their patients, uh, talking, contacting their physicians by phone. Patients believed their physician knew their medical history, and patients said that their physicians coordinate care with doctors. By definition, fewer than half of U.S. adults have medical homes, so how much of a difference do insurance and a medical home actually make? According to the Commonwealth Fund report, 95% of adults uh, reported having a primary care physician, fewer than 75% of uninsured adults. More than half of insured adults had a medical home compared to 27% of uninsured adults. And this data goes on and on here. The report stressed that findings affirm the importance of um, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which is expected to expand insurance coverage to more than 30 million adults by 2020. The Supreme Court ruling on health care reform is expected to uh, have a decision by the end of the month. A recent report about Medicare and Medicaid and health affairs found that increases in both the availability of acute care beds and community and number of physicians per thousand of residents were associated with increased health care spending. Conversely, increases in the percentage of physicians working in primary care were associated with reduced spending. And that brings us back to where we started with how this article ends up. Improving access to primary care improves care and lowers costs. And uh, I'm sorry for all the numbers and all the uh, 
details in there, but I encourage you to check out the uh, blog post from the uh, AFP Leader Voices blog from uh, Wednesday, June 13, 2012. It's simple. Primary care equals better care overall from Dr. Glenn Stream. And it's been getting a lot of action as well on uh, on Twitter and on uh, Facebook in the uh, family medicine community, so, uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, so then to end the show here uh, this evening, I did want to have my own kind of reflections on the past uh, uh, three podcasts here on the Family Medicine Rocks uh, podcast. Uh, the uh, last uh, three shows with Dr. Reed Blackwalder, Dr. Conrad Flick, and Dr. Laura Knoble. And for me, it was such a um, pleasant surprise uh, to uh, to interview them. Uh, for people who are outside of the academy, um, they are people who are in their uh, final year of their term of uh, being on the uh, board of directors for the American Academy of Family Physicians. And um, why I was pleasantly surprised uh, that they agreed to be on the show was that you know all of them are running for uh, president-elect of the academy, of the organization. And it is, that is a very political type of thing in the academy circles. Uh, and it's hard for me to kind of frame um, how kind of political it is, <laughs> but trust me, it is. I've been to a lot of academy meetings, you know, in the past uh, few years, um, and running for that position running for president-elect is a huge and big deal. And, um, you know, people get kind of paranoid sometimes <laughs> when you're running for such a highly political position. Uh, they want to make sure that your candidate does not, you know, mess up or your candidate does not put their foot in their mouth or, or do anything that appears uh, that uh, they are uh, inferior at all to the other candidates. Uh, and, you know, taking a chance on social media, taking a chance on being interviewed on this show showed me that it was a big step that the Academy took uh, uh, as far as, you know, their value of social media. Uh, and and I told all the candidates, you know, and I told, you know, the, the three people that, that I interviewed that, you know, of course I'm not going to be asking you anything having to do with the president-elect race, all of my academy friends uh, said, hey, this is a chance for you to uh, ask them uh, president-elect questions. <laughs> uh, but uh, my goal, and I hope that I achieve that goal, my goal with the past three shows was to kind of showcase family medicine, to showcase family medicine leaders um, in our community. Um, and to hear and for, for you, the listener, to hear how passionate they are about taking care of patients, how passionate they are about the family medicine specialty, how passionate they are of why they do what they do. And for a little bit, to humanize them a little bit, because, you know, when you're running for political office, you know, in an organization, when you're running for AEFP uh, president-elect, it is definitely a whirlwind. It is definitely um, something that I have been told uh, that is a very unique um, experience. Uh, and, you know, to go through that process uh, is, is very, at times, very stressful. Uh, 
and because you know there's a lot of people uh, behind you. You know, you have a whole state uh, behind you. You, you, your state academy where you've come from, uh, and there's the people at home, uh, at the local level uh, that you know you don't want to let down. Um, and, uh, it is tremendous pressure. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I just, I, I cannot, you know, really put into words how pleasantly surprised that I was, uh, to get the opportunity, uh, to talk, uh, with them, you know, about family medicine, about advocacy. You know, I wanted to, I wanted you, the listener to hear about advocacy from them. Uh, and it, it is just a fascinating, uh, uh, stories that they told it. And if I was a real radio show host, I would have, uh, you know, edited some of those uh, pieces together for you, maybe for a future show, um, if I get some time on my schedule to try to recreate some of that. But but you can listen on to the archives. You can listen to the archives of episodes 261, 262, and 263, uh, and listen for yourself. Listen to them tell their own story. Tell their own story of family medicine. Tell their own story of advocacy, um, and a little bit of their story of social media. And uh, um, I and I, I just want to thank again, uh, um, especially Dr. Glenn Stream, the president uh, right now, who came on my show probably a couple months ago, who I think really has uh, has uh, um, you know, been a champion uh, for um, social media in the academy uh, at that level. Uh, and him coming on my show and, and you know talking about the ruck um, was I think uh, tremendous and I've had a lot of board members on the show here since then uh, and I hope to you know talk to more uh, family medicine leadership more academy leadership uh, to help spread the message um, out there uh, about uh, you know what the academy does uh, what family medicine does and how we can be advocates to ourselves and. And I know that he's listening live here right now, uh, uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, uh, who is, uh, you know, in my chat room here right now. And, uh, uh, Kevin, I, I want to, again, uh, you know, uh, recognize you, sir, uh, because I think you know, a lot of people on the board uh, give you credit for kind of what has happened in the past uh, year or so. Uh, and you have a lot to be proud of, sir. Uh, just, uh, just uh, I don't know what you did to them <laughs> in those board meetings. Um, and uh, <laughs> but to really help uh, get everybody um, on board to help uh, uh, share why social media um, is important, uh, why we think it's important, why you and I think it's important, uh, and uh, it's very very cool. So um, I think uh, I think that's all I have here for this evening. So thanks everybody for for hanging with me for this solo show here uh, uh, this evening. Um, and uh, my schedule gets a little bit busier here towards the end of the month. I'm not sure when one of my next shows is going to be. I may have a show here next week um, or maybe not. Um, I'm going to be uh, going out of town at the end of the month on a speaking engagement, and uh, you will all learn of that at uh, familymedicinerocks.com. Uh, but, uh, uh, hey, you know, I just, uh, I'm, I'm so very happy with, with how this month's shows um, have went, how this month's podcast have went. And, again, I want to thank everybody out there who uh, who's listened to the show uh, you've really shown the popularity um, and the interest um, out there um, in uh, telling the story of family medicine. I am so humbled by the people who have taken interest in this show, all the downloads, um, all the people who listen live, all the people who listen on the archive podcast. Thank you so much uh, for all of that. Um, 
Uh, and I think that's it. I think it's. I think I may take a little break from a, a little while from the from the show. I'll probably be back next week. Whatever. Uh, but thanks everybody for uh, for checking out the show here today. Check out my uh, website, uh, familymedicinerocks.com, and uh, follow me on Twitter. I've had a huge uh, jump in uh, my uh, Twitter followers in the past three or four weeks. Thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mike Sibilla, uh, and also uh, like the Facebook page for this show. It's at facebook.com slash fam med rocks uh so that's all i have for you today thank you so much for uh, joining me my name is uh, mike savella and uh, hey you guys are awesome out there uh have a good week have a good weekend i'm on call this weekend so uh you know you'll see me out there on twitter and facebook whining about it so uh hope you guys have all a good weekend and happy father's day to all the fathers out there especially to my dad my hero he's the man so uh, i will talk to you all very soon and uh, good night everybody